0: what is going on warrior i want to talk to you about how last week i went low it was super annoying (laughs) and as lesson this week obviously we're going to talk about the lows how to avoid them before bed and how we can kind of plan around them but also it's a hidden meaning and a secret lesson in today's episode so let's get to our theme song i've spent the last 10 years pushing the limits while identifying trends and patterns in my type 1 diabetes management Follow along as I learn, apply, and share the fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle strategies that I've learned from diabetes experts around the world. The real question is, how can we live fearlessly with diabetes while maintaining stable blood sugars? This podcast is here to give you the answer. My name is Matt Vandevecht, head coach and co-founder of FTF Warrior, and welcome to Part of My Pancreas. All right, so last week, there was an interesting, recurring low that happened before bed now the first time it happened i was like that was weird okay went low before bed doesn't usually happen i'd usually got tighter control than that Uh, and it wasn't low low right i just dipped into like the 70s and then barely into the 60s and was like ah let's not go to bed yet right glucose tab maybe two let's get back into range so i can go to bed peacefully sleep through the whole night like i usually do which is super awesome and not something i used to always be able to do right i used to wake up multiple times of the night, trying to treat lows, and just, when you don't control diabetes, it controls you. It's, it's one way or the other, that's how it works. But this last week, saw that low the second night in a row. I was like, huh, is this a new pattern that we're trying to trying to see here? Should I make a change? I'm just trying to figure out what's going on, right? And in that process, had a tab, didn't really do a whole lot. 15 minutes later, okay, I, I waited 15. Usually one tab brings me up enough where I can go to bed and be confident about it, right? You know, that 90-ish range, maybe just over 100, feel good about where I'm at. And I'll say, usually, I like to be over 100, just for safety. Uh, But the one tab didn't work like it usually does, you know? Uh, So I go for a second tab. Go back to reading my book before bed, trying to learn some new stuff. Didn't work. 15 minutes later, I'm still beeping. I'm at 69. Hashtag tabrog, tag. Peg Rob How. there we go, <laughs> over a Diabetic Doing Things. Uh, no, and so I go in, and I'm like, that's super frustrating, right? I'm going to go have uh, maybe a bigger snack, have some chips, uh, plus I was getting hungry. With like, all right, let's, let's eat a little bit more. Nothing, a steak, 67, 68, 67, it's just sticking there. Like, I'm stuck, like it's not digesting. I'm like, what the heck is going on? been hours since my last meal can't really tell what's going on i hadn't gone for a run in the last 30 minutes so have some more sugar i'm starting to get frustrated right By this time an hour has passed i'm like how much longer am i gonna have to stay awake right and this is one of those times where you think about how much sleep have i lost since i've been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes like how much of an impact has this disease actually had on my lack of sleep (laughs) which is sad to think about when you really do take a moment there Uh, but then I get to the point where I'm like, it's been an hour and a half. I've been treating glucose tab every 15 minutes. Nothing's happening. Let's go for like two glucose tabs. Let's get crazy. And, uh, still it bumped up to 85 and I'm like, yes, I get to go to bed. Let's wait for five more minutes. See where it lands. 67. Like, are you kidding me? What the heck's going on? Finally, I lose it. I'm like, you know what? three tabs, one, two, three, 12 grams of sugar. I need to get this thing up. I am tired as heck. I've been reading at this point for two hours and I haven't budged, right? And I'm sitting on the couch and while I'm sitting there, uh, I decided at that point, I was like, it's, it's almost midnight, uh, I really need to take care of this. Um, actually at that point, it was after midnight. I grabbed the juice box and I was like, okay, I know juice is going to absorb faster. Let's just get this thing done so I can get to bed. I hadn't been sleeping well a couple of nights previous and uh, ultimately got to a place where I drank half the juice box because I wanted to make sure I got enough sugar, but not too much, right? And uh, within that realm, bumped me up, got over 100, went back to the 90, and I was like, this is killing me. And uh, it was 12.41. I remember so I looked at my phone. I said something that caught me off guard initially, okay? First thing I said at 12.41, my blood sugar updated on my Dexcom, it was still too low to go back to sleep, or to go to sleep, right? Uh, I said, this is the worst. I had to stop myself, because I heard myself, I said out loud, I said, this is the worst. And I had to think about that for a second, I'm like, is it really? Matt, is this the worst? There's nothing else that could happen that would make this worse? Think about that, and I had to stop myself, check myself, and I corrected my language, I said, this is not the worst. This is annoying, right? And that single shift changed my entire perspective of the night, I looked down. I'm not shaking and sweating and panicking because I'm low in the 30s, right? I've been there, that's not fun. What I was, was in the 60s, 70s, not sure why my, my blood sugars weren't rising enough, but also, I was reading a book we got this interesting new perspective of the language that we're using, surrounding environments, surrounding different uh, experiences that we have, right? I'm sitting on the couch reading a book going, this is the worst. Wait a second. No, it's not. This is annoying. Sure, I want to go to sleep, but I'm not dying. I'm not struggling to get sugar in my mouth. I'm just snacking, right? Not the worst. This is annoying. And I was, I was reading a book. It was still a very peaceful environment. I was just tired. And no matter what situation you're in in life, in most cases, we, especially in the U.S., have been conditioned to imagine things as worse than they actually are. We assign labels to different events in our lives that are so much more dramatic than they actually need to be. I want you to think about that for a second. The language you use in the unique situations that we have to push through, right? In a situation where your blood sugar might be dropping, you've got arrowed down and you're at 90. I'm panicking. No, you're not. Right. And by saying, I'm panicking, you're telling your brain you're you're like, "Okay, I'm actually panicking. And your brain starts to think, "Okay, maybe I should be panicking. Your body responds as necessary. You ever have those blood sugars where you feel fine. You look at your meter or your Dexcom. It says you're low. And then all of a sudden you feel low. You (laughs) you get the symptoms. It's your brain adapting to what it feels like it should be doing in that moment. Whereas before you felt fine. Right. Interesting thought. The same or a similar concept with the language that we use. I am panicking can put you into a panic state versus I'm nervous. I'm, I'm a little scared, right? This is the worst versus this is annoying, completely different perspective. So I challenge you first off in this episode, you got two two different lessons we're hitting here. First off, challenge the language that you use, especially in a reactionary state. I was experiencing barely low blood sugars and I said, this is the worst. No, it's not. It was annoying. Now, the second part of the lesson is why was I going low, right? Especially multiple nights in a row. This doesn't usually happen to me, and I want to get to this one pretty quick because per usual uh, busy schedule, I got to get on a client call in five minutes. <laughs> so really quick, I wanted to, to get into why I was going low at night. I didn't go for a run right before then. I didn't take too much insulin. It had been four or five hours since I had eaten food and bolused insulin. So what gives, right? Why was I going low? multiple nights in a row. What it boils down to is those, especially those of you who follow me on uh, across different social media platforms or if you're on our email list, you know I got a mountain bike recently. Now, what is mountain biking? It's activity, it's exercise, it's a workout. If you've never gone mountain biking, I, I suggest uh, you take it slow, first of all. Uh, I've already popped two tires because <laughs> I went a little bit too hard, uh, but second, understand that any activity you do is likely to have some form of an effect on your blood sugars. Now, mountain biking is much different than going to the gym, right? It's uh, a consistent effort you're putting out, especially if you're consistently pedaling. It's not all downhill. I was going on flat trails, still going over eh, small jumps. You know, I'm not going to let you think that I'm like some crazy, awesome mountain biker getting like 20 feet in the air. No, I was like six inches in the air, right? Maybe a foot. but when you introduce new exercise into your life like that, you're likely to become more insulin sensitive. Now me jumping into mountain biking on top of my existing workouts, which they've been struggling recently, but I still do exercise just about every day, even though I'm not as effective as they used to be. That's me working on me. I get I get on that. But in introducing a second piece of exercise almost on a daily basis, I was putting myself in an even more insulin sensitive state, which means I require less insulin. Now, overall, that's what we see is you need less insulin throughout the day, throughout the night. So why was I going low at night? Why did it consistently show up at night when I wanted to go to bed, literally planned hours in advance. I'm going to go to bed on time tonight and my diabetes is like, no, you're not, (laughs) you're going to stay up and snack for three hours. (laughs) Why did it happen at night? Well, the timing of your exercise can also impact your blood sugars, your insulin sensitivity, those consistent lows. Now, I prefer to exercise earlier in the day for a couple of reasons. One, it gets it done. Make sure that I actually exercise and I don't get bogged down by the day's activities. But two, we're actually we tend to be more insulin resistant in the mornings, which means we're less likely to drop, which means we're less likely to be in a situation where we go low. Now, on top of that, exercise can lead you to a more insulin sensitive state hours after the exercise has been completed. So you get the end of the exercise and you're like, all right, great, I finished. Blood sugars are not currently low. I made it, uh, I didn't go low. Well. I'm done. No, definitely not. That's the issue with exercise. The different types of exercises yield different results, yield different levels of insulin sensitivity, yield different recoveries, metabolism rates, all sorts of stuff across the board, but right now, I want you to focus on timing of exercise versus timing of that peak insulin sensitivity. Now, in this case, I had been going mountain biking in the afternoons, which meant it was a shift in the time frame that I was exercising, which led to me going low before bed. Now, because I caught it early, right? I started treating in the 70s. I didn't wait till I was at 40. I was able to keep it in the 60s the whole time, never went actually beyond, I think it was 65, stayed above that, so I was fine, right? But if that catches you off guard, if you're not used to exercising at a certain time of day, you switch things up and go for it, well, a couple hours down the road, you might experience some lows that could wreck your plans, could get in the way of work, could mess up family activities, could wake you up, could cause a low where you don't wake up. So I want you to think about what time of day you exercise and how you can best plan ahead to avoid the lows in the future. Maybe it's a temporary basal setting. Maybe it's having snacks on hand. Maybe it's increasing proteins, fats, or having a different structured meal. There's a lot of different strategies you can use, but being aware of the effects before they happen enables you to plan ahead for next time. Now, since then, I've gone back. I've made adjustments in my basal insulin, cruised perfectly in range last night, got to bed. And it was super duper nice to not have to worry about that. Now, should I have caught that ahead of time? Yeah, probably. Right. I I love thinking about exercise and blood sugars. However, I didn't. I learned from my lesson. And guess what? Now I have a great story to tell you about the language that you use surrounding the events and environments in our life. This is the worst versus this is annoying. So what I want to share with you today, two things I want you to remember, challenge the language that you use in your everyday life, every situation you're in, Look at the language you use. I hate this. I hate Mondays. How about that one? Or ah, Mondays are annoying. I mean, honestly, Mondays aren't inherently annoying. Let's just get that out of the way. That's a whole different topic though. Challenge the language you use on an everyday basis in your reaction to situations that arise. Two, look at the timing of your exercises and see if hours later, you have a peak of insulin sensitivity that's causing consistent lows. How can you fix that? How can you better prepare for that? Now, before I go, because I have one minute, I I wanted to let you know there is a training where I coach more on exercise and blood sugars, basal insulin settings, bolus insulin settings, where I dive deeper into how do we control these things so that they don't control us. Remember, either you are in control of your diabetes or it is controlling you. In order to achieve your highest level quality of life, you have to understand how your diabetes works so that you can control it. If you're looking for a deeper training where I go uh, a bit more into the the details of how I control my blood sugars, the strategies that I use to predict blood sugars through different exercises, I want you to go check out my free training at diabetesinaction.com. There's a bunch of great new strategies in there. It will challenge your current way of thinking, but it'll also open your mind into what's new and possible with your type 1 diabetes. P.S. I want to add in one more thing before we call this episode. I have 30 seconds before my call. There's something coming up that's really, really exciting. It's something I've been working on for many months. And because today actually marks our 100th episode of the Pardon My Pancreas podcast, we're celebrating by releasing this early. So check in next week. Next episode is going to have some real goodies for you. I hope you're ready. Now for today, go check out diabetesinaction.com. I'll see you there, and keep up the fight.